So let's take a quick assessment of 2018. Uh, was it a good year? Was it a bad year? Was it a eh year? It might be easier to, to break it up in, into categories. Um, relationships, 2018, good, bad, or eh? Some of you are like, I don't want to play this game with you. <laughs> um, professionally, financially, good, bad, or eh? Okay, some, some eh's in the crowd. Okay, you're honest at least. That's good. Um, what about spiritually? Uh, did you grow or, or, or did you get stuck this year? Think about it. What about your New Year's resolutions from last year? Did you make any of them? Did you keep any of them? I mean, if you kept even one of your New Year's resolutions, know that that puts you in rarefied air. That's pretty amazing. Most studies tell you that 90 to like 92% of New Year's resolutions fail. Statistically, you're more likely to get into Juilliard to become a ballerina than you are to make good on your New Year's resolutions. Did you know that? Perhaps at the end of 2018, as you reflected on the year gone by, it all just felt really familiar. In the year that had gone by, you faced a lot of the same problems. You were wrestling with many of the same questions, dealing with some of the same struggles. The reason I ask this is because as we enter into a new year, chances are that you are entering into this new year with hope and expectation, which is a good thing. And you're hoping this year will be substantively, beautifully different than last year. But, but here's what I know, and, and you know, that if this year is going to be any different than last year, something's got to change in this year. And if in the year ahead you are to be, and I, I hope this is what your aim for the year ahead actually is, if in the year ahead your aim is to be walking in God's will for your life, then I think there are, there are certain questions you have to wrestle with so that this year will be substantively different than last year, and so that you can confidently say, no matter what happens in the year to come, you are, to the best of your ability, by the power of God's Spirit, walking in His will. And so in this series, we're going to look at four questions that I think before you make plans for the year, you should first stop and wrestle with these four questions. Four questions that come from the Scriptures, that are pulled from things we hear Jesus Himself saying. And the first question is this, in this first Sunday of the new year. Where are you headed? At the end of 2019, where do you want to be? Uh, but let's expand that question a little bit. Let's think deep. At the end of your life, way down the road, where, where do you want to be? Where are you headed? Uh, believe it or not, you are following a map in the year ahead. I mean, your whole life you've been following a map. Every single one of us is. It may be a map that you inherited from your relatives, from your family of origin, as much as you hate to admit it. Uh, it could be a map that you are following from your peers and people you respect. You're kind of imitating it from the culture around you. Or it could be a map because you are so independent that you have worked hard to invent yourself. But don't be fooled. Everyone is following a map through their life that has them heading somewhere. You may be running on autopilot in the background and you don't even realize it. But everyone is following a map for their life, one that we inherited, or one that we're imitating from other people, or one that we've invented for ourselves. Now, this is essentially Jesus' point in Matthew 27, Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 24 through verse 27. Except Jesus trades the, the map metaphor for blueprints, and he talks about houses. 
But with your new year in mind, hear these words again. Jesus says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and is not doing them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So Jesus says there's, there's two paths here. You can wind up wise or wind up foolish. And fools have this outcome. The rains fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Jesus says, look, forget Pastor Matt's map metaphor. Let's talk houses. Everyone's building a house. It's not a question of if you're going to build a house, but what kind of house you are building. You will either end up having built a really wise house or a really foolish house. The wise house is the one that will stand in the end. It will have integrity. It will be sustained at the end of all things. The fool's house will fall down in the end. Don't be a fool. End up in the wise position. That's what Jesus says. Jesus says you're either heading towards wisdom or foolishness with the kind of house that you build. To jump back into my metaphor, you're either headed towards wisdom or foolishness based on the map that you are following. So where are you headed? What are you building? That's the big question that Jesus asks. And Jesus goes so far as to say, look, unless you build your house or craft your map based on my teachings, there's only one outcome for you. If you fail to build your house or guide your map based on my teachings, I know exactly what's going to happen to you. I can see the path and where it's headed. I can predict the future. You will end up at the end of the year or at the end of your life realizing, I've been a fool. It's all fallen down. It's fallen through my hands. It's wasted away because I built on sand. Now, that's a bold assertion on Jesus' part. That unless your map is built on him, unless your house is built on him, it's all going to fall and you'll be foolish in the end. As a strange side note, there's this commercial that's on relentlessly that I love. It's for this product. You're gonna, this is so weird. I don't know why I'm mentioning this. But it's for this product called Flex Seal Tape. Have you, have you seen the commercials for that? It's sold by this really happy very obnoxious, overly excited man who thinks that this tape can fix any problem. He's like, you got a hole in your roof? Tape it. You got a broken pipe? Don't replace the pipe? Tape it. You got a broken arm? Forget that ER copay. Tape it. He saws a boat in half, and then he tapes it, and he's like, too bad the Titanic couldn't tape it. This guy is crazy. I bought some, but he's nuts. Now, we, we are kind of inoculated to the extravagance of Jesus' words. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 7, he reminds me of this dude selling the tape because Jesus is making some really bold, really crazy assertions where he says, look, unless your map, unless your blueprints are built on me, you are going to end up in one place and one place only. You're going to end up at the end of the year or the end of your life having done, been, lived foolishly unless it's all about me. Now, if Jesus is just 
a great teacher or some religious sage or some prominent historical figure, then his words, his bold assertions should offend us. We should be very wary of it. Uh, it, is, it is arrogant. It is dismissive of other worldviews. It, it requires far more allegiance than any, any faulty human being should ever be given. But if Jesus is who he says he is, if Jesus is God in flesh, then his bold assertion about how to craft your map, how to build your life, is, is not arrogant and dangerous. It's an incredible gift. Because if he is God in flesh, then it's God showing up in our world, in our space, in our time, giving us the answers to the test, handing us the, the blueprint of all blueprints, walking up to us and being like, here, hand me your phone. And he opens up Google Maps and he puts in precise coordinates and then he hands it back to him. He's like, go here. It's a gift. It's a necessary gift because throughout the Gospels, Jesus talks about this thing that's going to happen to us at some particular point. When all is said and done, this thing that we, we sometimes refer to as like judgment day, which, which I know is something we don't really like to talk about. But, but it is something that, that, that is coming, that's going to happen. Think of it as this day of like ultimate and eternal perspective where God will look at your life and you as a person and he will see the whole of you. All that you are, all that you've lived and all that you've done. And we get this sense that, that we're going to have that perspective as well. We'll be able to see our whole person and our whole lives. And, and two things will immediately become um, visible for you. The first is whether or not you are in Christ whether or not you, you are covered in the mercy and the grace and the goodness that he has won for you and that he gives to you. You'll either have faith in that or you won't. You'll either be in Christ or out of Christ. And that will become abundantly clear for you as you stand under the righteousness and holiness of God. You're either covered with Jesus or vulnerable and exposed because you have nothing to do with him. Now, the good news is that being covered in the mercy and grace of Jesus is a gift that he freely gives through faith and baptism into his name. But the second thing that will become very clear to you is whether or not you've lived wisely or foolishly. Apart from whether or not you're in Christ or out of Christ, you can be in Christ but have missed the point with your life completely otherwise. It'll be clear to you whether or not you've built your life on things that last and things that matter eternally, things that matter to the one who made you, wisdom. Or whether you've taken this one light that you've been given and whether you're forgiven of your sins or not, even if you're forgiven, you can miss the whole point. Whether you've built your life on things that last and matter to your maker or you've built your life on things that fall through your hand in the end, don't sustain the biggest battles and ultimately don't matter to the one who made you. Foolish. And, and Jesus' hope for you is that at the end of this year and at the end of your whole life, two things would be true of you, that you would be covered in the mercy and grace and the goodness that he's won for you, and that in the end, you would be able to say, to the best of my ability, I have, I have built a, a wise life. I have lived well. By the grace of God, I have not wasted it all and been a fool. Which requires you to ask the question, as you head into this year and as you move forward in life, where am I headed? Towards wisdom or towards foolishness? Which then brings to the forefront another question, which is, 
what in the world is on Jesus' map? What in the world is on his blueprint? What does he say we should be doing in order to be pursuing a life that is built on the rock? And he makes it abundantly clear in verse 24. Jesus says this, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. It's about hearing Jesus' words and doing them. In the context, Jesus is saying this at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' largest and most important teaching that he gave. It takes up two chapters in Matthew's Gospel. So Jesus is saying, everything I just preached for like two days, that is what you build your life on. That is the key to winding up in a place of, I have lived well, I have lived wisely, I've headed towards wisdom with my life. Now, now we can't walk through everything Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount this morning. But, but I, can, I can do my best to summarize it for you. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, life in God's kingdom under Jesus' reign and rule is all about two things. And he illustrates it in numerous different ways, but it all comes down to two things. It is about a life of dependence upon God and love for others. It is a life of reliance upon the mercy and the grace and the power and the goodness of God and extravagant love for other people. Everything Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount ultimately comes back to those two things. You desperately need the love and the grace and the mercy of God, and your whole purpose in life is to know that, lean into that, grow in that. And as you're leaning into your need for God's grace and mercy, you are to extend a hand to other people at a cost to yourself to love and serve and give to them. It's a life of not relying on yourself and your own abilities, but relying upon God. It's a life of not simply looking out for yourself and saying, i got to make sure I get mine, but instead looking out at the world and saying, how can this be about you? And your challenge in 2019 as a follower of Jesus Christ, when you want to ask the question, where am I headed? Am I headed towards wisdom? Your challenge is to keep those two truths in front of your eyes, like a lens that you are wearing at all times that colors everything. Deep reliance, extravagant love. Deep reliance, extravagant love. As I try to do my best at work, deep reliance upon the grace of God and extravagant love towards others. As I live in my home with my family, deep reliance upon the grace of God for me and extravagant love towards them. As I wrestle with my finances, deep reliance upon the grace of God for me and extravagant love for others. That's what it all comes down to. That is how we head towards wisdom. Now, I I have to be very clear with you as you keep these things as, as like a lens in front of your eyes, It will lead you to places that make you uncomfortable. It it will stretch you. Very often when following Jesus, the the price of admission to a life of purpose is discomfort. It it means that in the year ahead, if you you have a great reliance upon the grace and goodness of God, you're going to spend a lot of time in the year ahead realizing and confessing your weakness and your sin and your habitual hang-ups, and in prayer, and in worship, and with people you can trust, you're talking about it. You're admitting it. You're confessing it. Doesn't that sound fun? (laughs) And then you're receiving the grace of Jesus who lived and died for it over and over and over again. 
It means that you are, you are finding your peace not in what you can do, but constantly pointing yourself back to what's been done for you in Jesus. His life for yours, his death for yours, his resurrection for yours, his place in the Father's family for yours. You're constantly pivoting back to that. The rest of the world, meantime, may not find this view of life attractive. We'll often find it strange, but Jesus says it's lined with beauty. The world around you in the year ahead is going to be building up its peace based on its own performance. That's what everybody else is always doing. They're going to build up their own sense of peace by posting their workout videos on Facebook. I don't know why anybody does it, but too many people do. They're going to build up their sense of peace by talking about how they're crushing it this quarter at work. Or they're going to build up their sense of peace by posting this perfectly curated life on Instagram and throughout their Insta stories. And you're going to sit there and go, how do they, why do their kids behave? And why do they always look so good? Because they deleted all the other pictures. That's why. But you, you're going to be pivoting back not to what you do, but what's been done for you in Jesus. You're going to see your weakness, you're going to see your sin, and you're going to pivot back to what's been done for you in Jesus. And then you're going to ask a different question, not what's in it for me, but what's it look like to love them? And that's going to call you to sacrifice and to serve and to stretch yourself. You're going to be called to love people that you don't like, people who have hurt you, people who have deep need that you're tired of trying to meet people who don't have the same hope as you, so you have to like focus on them and try to share your hope that you're barely understanding yourself and share it with them. This is hard. This is difficult. But Jesus says it's beautiful. It will stretch you. But also know this. Even though you will fail at that, it won't fail you. Even though you will struggle as you're stretched, and many times you will fail, not just at your resolutions, but in this life of depending upon God and loving others, it won't fail you because this whole life is built upon Jesus and what he's done for you. If your whole sense of peace in the year ahead is built on your performance, then the pressure is on and you better be perfect. But the good news of Jesus Christ is that Your peace is built on who he is, the life he's lived, the death he's died, the grave that he has risen from, which means that even if you fall flat on your face in the year ahead, even when the winds come and the rains pour down and you get knocked over, your house is still standing. Why? Because your house is not something you built with your own two hands. Your house is him. Your house, your whole life, your whole hope is him. And so even though you get knocked down, you fail in this life of reliance upon God and love for others. Your house still stands because your house is him. It will stretch you, but it will not fail you. Because it's not about you. It's about him. So where are you headed? Are you headed towards wisdom? Reliance upon God, love towards others. Are you headed towards foolishness, stuff that doesn't matter, things that are fleeting and that fall through your hands? A few months ago, uh, when my family and I still lived in, in New York City, my, my wife and I witnessed an accident. And I should preface this story by saying that everyone is okay, surprisingly, miraculously. Everyone is okay, but we were driving down this main drag in Queens called Woodhaven Boulevard, and we were heading north, and we were coming up to an intersection, and going east to west was this guy on a bicycle, 
And he was headed towards an intersection where he had a stop sign, but the cross traffic had a green light. And it's one of those moments where it all kind of happens in slow motion. Even though it took just a matter of seconds, it felt like it took an eternity. And you could see exactly what was going to happen before it happened because you could see the path that the cyclist was on and you could see the path that the cross traffic was on. And you're going, oh, no, right? You can predict it. In that moment, I could predict the future because I saw the path of everybody and I knew what was gonna happen. And sure enough, this cyclist went straight through that stop sign into the cross traffic and there was this big white box truck barreling down Woodhaven Boulevard and the box truck hit the cyclist and the cyclist went flying. And immediately everybody stopped their cars and got out and, and it was kind of amazing, all the people that gathered instantly around this man who'd been hit by this truck and this, this woman showed up, and she's like, I'm a doctor. And she started asking the injured man questions. And this, this, this guy got out, and he said, I'm a nurse. And he started tending to his injuries. And I got out, and I'm like, I'm a preacher. So I, I took an offering. <laughs> and it was amazing. He, he, was, he, was, he was okay. But we, we, we all remarked to each other in that one brief moment, like, we all saw it coming for him. We all saw it coming for him. I feel like Jesus, when he tells us this story about wise and foolish builders, when he, when he asks us, what's your blueprint? What's your map? Where are you headed? He, he's like the witnesses to that accident. He can see far off. He can see the path you're on and what you're headed towards. But rather than just let you hit frustration and foolishness at the end of this year or at the end of your life, he's gracious enough and powerful enough to step in and hand you a different map, hand you a different blueprint and say, you get to go in a new direction. You get to build your life on better things that ultimately will be more satisfying for you. Growing in your reliance upon God and being stretched in your love for others, it will not fail you. You will be found at the end of the year, at the end of your life, to be wise. But it all begins with a question. Where are you headed? Let's pray.